Glad to have the Merrimans here. I told him I wanted him to at least, at the very least, finish out today. Preach for us again this morning. What a great job he's been doing. Really, really tapping in to the mind of the Spirit for this church. And I really do believe that that um, what we feel even today, I, I believe in, in great part is because this man has been sensitive to the Holy Ghost and helped to direct us and lead us at a very crucial moment. And I appreciate that very, very much. I want him to come take his liberty this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Good to be in the house of God. Amen. I'm glad I'm not in my robe and bunny slippers this morning. Amen. You know, I, as, as Bishop Riggin was just talking, I began to think uh, the attention that's placed upon this this virus that's that, that could potentially you could potentially catch and uh, very, very small chance you catch it. And then if you catch it, it's a really, really small chance you're going to die from it. And so there is such a concern over something you probably aren't going to get. And if you did, it's probably not going to really be much worse than a regular flu. That's the reality, I believe. But we know of a disease called sin that everyone has. Everyone has it. That's not a potential you're going to catch it. So it's not a matter of you might become sinful or you might be a sinner. No, you are a sinner. You have it right now. That disease is in your in you in, in our fleshly makeup. And it will kill you. A hundred percent guarantee if it's not dealt with, you'll die and be lost. And so is everyone in this world. I would, I, I pray, I hope that as much attention and passion we feel about bringing attention to the coronavirus and how much passion, how much, does, hey, make sure you wash your hands, make, making sure everyone's aware of what's going on about potentially as something you might get and potentially might hurt. I really, really pray that that same passion can get a hold of the church and we can convert that to drawing some attention to the sin that's a plaguing our world and the solution, amen. I'm telling you, if we're screaming Corona, Corona, why don't we start screaming Jesus saves and here's how you get saved. I'm telling you, if you're putting effort and attention and I mean, if you're scared of that, amen, I'm telling you, what would happen if you turn that around? Amen. God forbid you become silent on the gospel. God forbid you become silent, amen, on reaching the lost. God forget, forbid you become silent in outreach. God forbid you become silent, amen, in a disease called sin that you know is going to destroy co-workers. You know will destroy your family. You know will lead your children uh, to hell if not dealt with. And you become silent, amen, but the church is scared. And, and I did, hey, Corona, no, no, how about this? Uh, repent of your sins. 
lives. Amen. Live a holy life. Amen. Jesus saves and wants to deliver you. You can be born again of water and of spirit. Amen. That ought to be our battle cry. That ought to be our passion. That ought to be what comes out of our mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. I'm talking. I'm telling you, I feel what Bishop is speaking about because there is a spirit of fear. But I'm telling you, there is a spirit of revival. Amen. That can get a hold of us just as much. Amen. I'm telling you, what if the news, amen, was declaring, oh, there's something going on, amen, in Olathe, Kansas. I'm telling you, why don't we spread that news? Why don't we spread the good news? Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, we've got a disease, but we've got a cure. Oh, that's what this is all about. I'm telling you what, the last thing I think about when I wake up in the morning is coronavirus. I'm serious. I don't care about it. But you know what? I woke up this morning with my mind on this message and this service today and who was going to be here and what sinners were going to walk in the door. That's what my mind was on. Oh, come on, church. Where's our mind? Where's our desire? Where's our passion? What's it on? What did you wake up thinking about today? What did you wake up worried about today? Amen. Was it those uh, backsliders that uh, uh, haven't been to church in a while? Was that our heart's desire? Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just piggybacking. Amen. Bishop, you guys could have kept right on, but I'm telling you, amen. If we would put the amount of attention and passion into uh, the, the, the spreading of the gospel, plaster it, we spend as much time talking about the coronavirus. Amen. If we spend as much time talking about Jesus and drawing attention to him. Oh, hallelujah. What kind of revival could we have? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, God is good, is he not? Hallelujah. We serve an, an awesome God. Amen. I did wake up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That's our passion. That's our purpose. Praise God. Amen. I'm not concerned about anything. I'm telling you, I, I'm, we've got to get our mind that we get so much. The devil can get us focused off of so many things. You know, I'm, I'm not, there's, a, there's a message in that. You can get your eyes off of Jesus, Peter, and you could sink in the midst of that storm. As long as we keep our eyes on him, it doesn't matter what storm. Doesn't matter what storm. Doesn't matter what disease. Doesn't matter what sickness. It doesn't. Even if Peter would have sunk, if he had kept his eyes to the Lord, I'm telling you, he could have raised them up, amen, and saved him and took care of him. It doesn't matter the storm. Because the devil will always give you a storm if you keep your eyes on the storm. He's going to watch you until you real, he realizes, oh, they get, they get worried about this. So everything in your life, he's going to give you an opportunity to worry about a storm. Oh, help us, Lord, today. Praise God. Amen. I'm thankful, amen, for my place in God's kingdom. Amen. I'm thankful for uh, his, his hand upon my life and uh, for his opportunity to be here. Thanks again to Bishop Sister Regan, to this church for allowing us to be here and preach and to respond. Amen. I know um, there's nothing like hearing your pastor preach. 
and uh, and so you've you've uh, been accepting the crumbs from this table <laughs> the last few weeks, and uh, uh, I know that everyone loves to hear their pastor, and I do too, and uh, and so but appreciate the response, appreciate what God is doing. I do feel the Holy Ghost um, here today, Amen. I feel God's presence here. I feel like He wants to talk to us. Woke up this morning. And uh, I've been having a message upon my heart and my mind, and um, and I got up this morning to um, begin working on it. And God brought a message that I've only preached one time, but brought to my mind. And I cannot, for the life of me, I've tried shake it <laughs> because I was working on something else. But God cannot; I cannot get away from this. I just can't. And. Uh, and uh, again, I have preached this one other place, uh, but boy, I'm just, man, I'm feeling so, so strong this morning, this message. And uh, so let's, uh, let's go to the word of the Lord. Amen. First Corinthians, amen. First Corinthians chapter 16. It's good to have everybody here this morning. Amen. And I was just getting with it, Brother Jared. Crazy guy. Amen. I thought we were going to sing a song. Amen. Is that the rhythm we were talking about? Amen. Amen. I was teasing Brother Jared this morning. I said, he said we're going to sing that song. GP, are you with me? And he said, if you say it, I'll say, oh, yeah, we have a church. So I thought maybe that's why we're going to break out in black gospel this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number... 13, one short passage of scripture. It says, watch ye, this is Paul writing, says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, and be strong. Amen. From the apostle Paul this morning to the Corinthian church. Why don't we put our Bibles down, just ask God to help us this morning. Amen. Lord, we love you today. We thank you. Oh, God, we love you tonight. Or this morning, I pray you help us today. Lord, I pray your anointing upon this message. I pray your anointing upon this service. Lord, I pray your spirit, your power, your, your glory would come into this place. Lord, help each of us. Help us today. Open our ears to hear it. Oh, God, you've come today with a word for this church, for these people. Lord, help me to deliver it in your name. God, help me to deliver the message, Lord, you have for us this morning. Let your will be done. Let it not be just another service. Let it not just be another sermon. But, God, let it be a word from heaven to help us. Lord, to push us further to revival. To push us further into a place, amen, to a realm of your spirit. God, I pray you would help us today. Let your anointing fall and let your glory come into this service. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We magnify you in the name of Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise before we sit down this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. You, I ain't done yet. <laughs> you may be seated. <laughs> praise God. Amen. Oh, uh, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, amen, Paul's a very uh, man, he, he, his life, God had anointed him, he was a, uh, an anointed man of God, 
Amen. Before Saul or Paul became uh, a, a chosen vessel, uh, well, not before, but before he was converted into the chosen vessel that God had called him to be, his name was Saul. And you can read about that in the book of Acts uh, and his conversion. Saul was on the road to Damascus. And Saul was, uh, was, a, uh, was a Pharisee. He actually said he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And uh, he was, he was a, a religious leader. He was very strong in what his doctrine and his belief. And, uh, and so he was saying, listen, I, I was, uh, he was in a very prominent position. And uh, his role and his responsibility, he had taken upon himself to cleanse, if you will, cleanse the religion of these Jesus freaks. Amen. These Jesus believers, these folks that believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And he took it upon himself, amen, in, 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 a, in, a, in great passion, amen, to go and to arrest uh, Christians, to arrest men and women that were in church. Going back to what was spoken of, uh, he was in a position where you better not have church or Paul or Saul was going to come and Saul was going to take you, amen, throw you into prison and possibly beat you and possibly kill you. That was what Saul's job, that's, man, I, he it was a personal evangelism of his. <laughs> that was his personal passion, amen. So passion in and of itself is not uh, sufficient, amen. Passion, Hitler had passion, Amen. So passion in and of itself, uh, amen, I, just because you have zeal for the Lord, amen, uh, doesn't mean that it's good enough. You've got to have uh, your zeal in the proper place, amen. And so Saul uh, was converted on the road to Damascus. God blinded him and put him in a place where he was now submitted to God. He was, thought he was doing a work for the Lord, thought he was doing God's business, amen, but God arrested him on the road and blinded him, and put him in a place, amen, where this strong uh, man, this, this man of authority, this man of prominence, this man of position, this man of power, this man who had letters from uh, the Sanhedrin, or the, the council, he, had, he was a man that, I'm telling you, uh, he had everything that was going for him, and, uh, but God arrested his spirit, and brought him under his control, amen, the apostle Paul, Amen. Was a powerful uh, man of God. Much of our uh, doctrines that we t uh, teach today, two thirds of you, I, I believe, of the New Testament. Uh, think about that. Two thirds of the New Testament doctrine uh, is written by the Apostle Paul. Amen. That those things we are foundation, the apostles and prophets. Amen. He wrote two thirds of the apostles. Uh, writings, and he wrote uh, the just the, the things that pertain unto life. He wrote the things that that are necessary, Amen, for us to successfully live for God. And he wrote the things that uh, he he talked about family. He talked about finances. He talked about uh, worship. He talked about uh, spiritual authority. He spoke about. I'm telling you, he talked about every subject, Amen, so that we as the church knew how. Um, uh, to behave ourselves within the church. Amen. Being born again of water and of spirit is wonderful. Amen. But that is your birth certificate. Amen. It's not your diploma. When you are born again of the water and of the spirit, you've begun a new life. Amen. In Christ. Therefore, you got to learn how to behave as a child. Amen. Anyone here with children uh, understand they do not come forth uh, uh, from the womb uh, knowing how to behave. They behave, but I'm talking about behaving the right way. 
Amen. And uh, we talked last Sunday morning about being uh, the pregnant with promise. Amen. But when the child comes forth, a, a natural child, um, it doesn't it doesn't take them long uh, before they start getting an attitude about, and they learn the word no, and they learn how to uh, uh, fight against what what it's in their nature. It's that sinful nature, and uh, and so they've got to learn how to behave. And uh, it's your responsibility, Amen, to train up a child in the way they should go. Amen. Praise God. And so Paul is training up the church, amen, in the way that they should go. His, much of the letters he, he wrote to very newborn baby churches that he had gone through and he had established and uh, he had taught them and uh, he came back with letters and instruction on how to live and how to, here's how you behave, here's, uh, here's how you should act, and amen. And, uh, and, and you know, our behavior is so important on living for God, how we behave, not that we have the Holy Ghost, but you realize the Holy Ghost, amen, being born of the Spirit is the sign of, speaking in tongues, if you will, is the sign that you have received the Holy Ghost, amen, but more importantly than speaking in tongues, the fruit of the Spirit is the sign that you are still full of the Spirit, that is, that, that, that gives in to this, your behavior, amen, is reflecting of the fruit of the Spirit, amen, uh, or, or the works of the flesh, your behavior, how you act, amen. And so how you behave uh, is it, it, really easy to say. Your behavior is, um, is not right. Praise God. And so our behavior really, uh, that's why uh, John the Baptist told the, um, the Pharisees that came out, those wicked men that came out, they were supposed to be uh, living for God. They were supposed to be the religious leaders. And he said, listen, I want you to bring fruit meat for repentance. He says, I want you to bring uh, a change in your behavior. I'll know there's repentance on the inside when I see a change of behavior on the outside. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I, I don't want to meddle too much here this morning, but the reality is, amen, you, the way you behave, amen, is reflecting on how you are on the inside. Praise God. And the Bible is full. Every, every uh, epistle, every letter that was written, amen, is, is either commending a behavior or correcting a behavior or explaining, hey, this is how you should do this or this is how you should do. And it's all in regard to our behavior. Oh, hallelujah. And so how we behave, amen, in everything that we do. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Paul is trying to train up, amen, a church in the way they should go. Hallelujah. The infant church, amen. It's good that you received the Holy Ghost. It's really good that you've been baptized in Jesus' name. It's really good that you're a part of the body. Amen. He's, but it didn't stop there. Amen. He began to teach and he began many times, sometimes he spent years in a place, amen, expounding the word of God and teaching, amen. This is the right way to behave. Hallelujah. Amen. Our behavior matters. Amen. Our behavior matters. Praise God. Amen. Not so much whether we can come into church and speak in tongues and say, oh, we're good. No, it's, uh, it's how we, uh, as Solomon, amen, the Queen of Sheba, uh, when Solomon, she said he was, she was amazed by the ascent in which he went up into the temple. Amen. She said, man, how he goes to church. 
whoo, her heart fainted and it melted with how, man, I, I don't, I, you know, you take it for what it, it's worth. It, I don't know if it, it, it's just he was a handsome man and she thought, man, he's beautiful. <laughs> or the way that he, he strutted as a stud, you know, he was, a, he was a cool dude or what, I don't know. But man, but how he went to church, his behavior and his approach unto the things of God, amen, made her heart melt. Oh, I'm telling you today, amen, our behavior matters, even on how we approach coming to church, how we approach getting dressed for church in our home, amen. We wake up and put on some, uh, some gospel music, amen, and start waking kids them say I was glad when they said unto me let us go to church at Sunday school it's time to go to the house of God amen our behavior in everything we do it matters amen God is watching amen you're training your child in the way that they should go oh I'm telling you children don't amen you can't tell your children what to do and them do it amen kids don't do what they are told amen they do what they see Oh, hallelujah. They don't, you can tell them, amen, don't smoke, amen. But if you smoke, I don't care what you've said, you have shown them how to live. And they will most likely become a smoker. If you're grumping and you're griping when you wake up in the morning, on Sunday morning, and you're always late, and you're always dragging in, and you're always, well, like, we just got, I'm telling you, that's how they're going to grow up. Your behavior will become reflected in their behavior. Your behavior matters. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you. Amen. We've got to understand how important it is. Amen. Our behavior. And I'm putting a lot of effort into this, uh, trying to get us to understand because of where I'm trying to take us here for the next little bit this morning because of what Paul said. Amen. Uh, Are you going to ride with me for a bit? Are you still on my team? Amen, because I'm either for the, I'm on God's side. <laughs> Amen. That's what, that's what Joshua said. Are you, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And the, and the, and the, and the angel said, I'm on, I'm on God's side. <laughs> Amen. I hope you're on God's side this morning. Uh, so our behavior, behavior matters. Amen. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. We got to understand. We got to take a look at ourselves and Take a look at our behavior. Take a look at how we act. Amen. And the reason, listen, Paul said, watch, watch ye. He said, stand fast in the faith. And he said, quit you like men and be strong. Amen. I want to title this this morning. And I'm telling you, I could not get away from it because it's kind of a unique message. But I want to talk to us this morning about quit ye like men. Amen. Quit ye like men. Brother Jared, write that down so you don't have to text me tomorrow what my title was. Amen. Hey, what was your title? You should have paid attention. Praise God. No, he would never forget. Amen. Praise God. Uh, but uh, I'm just picking on brother, brother Jared. Amen. Quit you like men. Amen. That word, quit you like men, it means to make a man or to make brave. Amen. Or to show oneself a man and to be brave. Amen. It also means really, if you say it this way, this is what Paul was trying to say. It means to behave like a man. That's what Paul was saying. He said, listen, I want you men. I want you men to behave like men. 
Oh, come on. Uh, amen. Men, I want you to rally with me this morning. Uh, amen. Because I'm telling you, Paul felt led to, to address it. Paul felt led that there must be a distinction between how women should behave and how, how men should behave. And I believe he felt that he needed to address it because the men were not behaving like the men should have been behaving. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I can put up a tomato screen. That's fine. You can throw tomatoes at me all day long. But I'm trying, amen, to, I'm just, I'm preaching what Paul preached. He said, behave like men. He says, you better watch. He said, stand fast in the faith and behave like men and be strong. Amen. It's not a rebuke to men. Amen. It's not a rebuke to us guys today. Amen. But it is, amen, in the face of our society. Amen. In the spirit of our day today, in the spirit of the world that we live in, it's to remind the, the men of Truth Church in Olathe, amen, and to encourage you, amen, in the face of our society, amen, that doesn't matter what they say, it doesn't matter how the world should def or defines how men should behave or how we should not behave, amen, God has defined how we should behave, amen, I'm talking Talking about behaving like men. Oh, hallelujah. I'm encouraging you. Amen. The world says uh, that men should uh, refrain from toxic masculinity. And we should refrain from being uh, so manly. Amen. But I'm here to tell you. Amen. God created you. Amen. To be a strength. God created you in his image. Amen. God created you to be like him. Amen. And the things that he stood for. He wants you to stand for. And the things that he fought for, he wants you to fight for. And the things that he hates, he wants you to hate. He wants you to behave like men. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hi telling you, I feel such a spirit in this world that we live in that is so anti-male. That is so, I'm not saying, and you better, you're going to understand as I go through this lesson this morning. Amen. This has nothing to do, amen, with men uh, being mean. Or men uh, taking uh, some kind of a, a, getting a chip on their shoulder. No, no, no. You're going to understand behaving like a man is a whole lot more, amen, than bossing your wife around. Than trying to tell people what to do. That's not behaving like a man. Amen. That's not Jesus Christ. Amen. He took his licks upon the cross because there was a better purpose. Amen. I'm telling you, he came to serve. Amen. That we might also be servants. Amen. We ought to be behave like men that God created us to be. Oh, hallelujah. He was a man. He was a man. Jesus Christ, amen, was the meekest man of all. Yet whenever the temple, amen, was being perverted, when the temple, amen, needed a cleansing, hallelujah, Jesus, he created a whip. He created a whip, amen, and said, hey, I'm not going to stand for the temple to be perverted any longer. I'm coming to church and I'm cleaning house. Anybody who's not willing, amen, to submit to the word of God. Amen. This is to be a house of prayer. And I go to church. It's not a house of prayer. I've got to come and I've got to behave like a man when I come to church and I've got to pray. Oh, hallelujah. 
tell you, the world, amen. Uh, I, I'm not about, again, man, strong-arming their wife. It's not how you lead. That's not how you behave as a man. Amen? Praise God. I want to know, I want, to write, I want the right balance. I want to behave like a man. And women, amen, you ought to want to behave like God has wanted you to behave. Hallelujah. And when we get that right, the blessings of God can flow. When we get this right, blessings of God can flow. Hallelujah. Paul said uh, that we are to behave, amen, like men. God created us in our unfallen condition uh, as natural leaders. Amen. He created us as natural leaders. Amen. Of the whole earth. Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 27 and 8. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. And subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and of the fowl of the air. And over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Amen. Man was created in the image of God to, uh, to subdue or to rule over. Amen. And to have dominion over every living thing that, uh, that moves upon the earth. Uh, he gave man, he put within man, uh, he said, listen, I want, you, uh, I want you in control. I want you to, to subdue. I want you to name the animals. And, I, and, and, and that was the creation, amen, of, of the man. And God said, I'm putting you in, uh, creating you in my image. And I want you to rule over and, and, and have dominion over all the things that are upon the earth. Praise God. And so uh, it was from there that God created Eve. Amen. He was to rule the earth. But God took her from within him. Amen. God took his wife. God took Adam's bride from his side. Amen. In Genesis 2 verses 18 uh, and down to verse 24, the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Amen. God said that it's not good for man, uh, him to be alone. Amen. Can't change that. You can't change that. Hallelujah. Uh, God has designed for a man and a woman to be married. Come on. Amen. One man, one woman equals one marriage. Amen. God has created man. Amen. And he said it's not good for man to be alone. Amen. So the opposite must be true, that it's bad if, if, if man is alone. Amen. And Paul said, if, if, if you can do what I'm doing, then I, if, that's great. But if not, you need to get married. <laughs> Amen. That's the Bible. That's God's word. God said it's not good for man to be alone. There ought to be something. Amen. I'm telling you, within the heart of men, amen, that ought to pursue a, a wife that can help him accomplish the work of God. That can help. Because God said it's not good if you're alone. Hallelujah. In verse 21, the Lord said, uh, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Uh, you know why? Because he saw her and he said, Whoa, man. <laughs> because, give you a chance to 
either laugh or say it was stupid, okay? <laughs> Amen. But he was called woman because she was taken out of man. That's where she came from, from within man. God created man in his image. He took the dust of the, of the earth, and he formed man. Amen. But the woman came from within him. Amen. This is important to understand, amen, how we are to behave like men, as Paul said. We've got to understand, amen, in, way, in the way in which we were created, men, amen, and ladies, in the way that you were created. Boy, this sure goes across much of what the, uh, our society says in regard to marriage, in regard to men and women, amen. There's too much of the world, amen, and their influence in the church thinking, amen. Uh, this idea that I don't need a man and I don't need a woman. I can just, we can shack up and we can do, but I'm telling you, that's not the plan of God. Amen. It's not the will of God. Amen. God has a plan and the idea, amen, that, that, uh, this feminist ideology, I'm telling you, is going to destroy, uh, much of the church. The idea that I am a woman, hear me roar. That's not God's will. You were not created to roar. You were created, amen, to help a man accomplish the will of God. Boy, this is way, woo, boy, this is way not the, uh, what we're, we're hearing in our society today. But I'm telling you, this is the spirit of revival. Oh, I'm telling you, listen. If we don't behave like men, we will not have revival. Oh, I'm telling you, if we don't behave like men in our lives and in our families, we will not have revival. Oh, hallelujah. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But what I feel, amen, uh, is too oftentimes, amen, we come into the house of God and we don't behave like the men that God's created us to. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're trying to draw souls as the ministry to the altar with conviction. We're trying to draw the lost, amen, to an altar of repentance. Oh, we're trying to draw souls to a place, amen, of conversion. Amen. I'm telling you, we need men. Men to behave and become the example. We need men in the altar during worship service. We need men in the altar at the altar call showing our wives how to worship. We need to show our children how to worship. We need to show the sinner how to pray. We need to show them, amen, and not sit back. I'm telling you, and watch young ladies lead in worship. Revival will not come until men behave like men. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm fighting the spirit of the day right now. I'm telling you, men, we better start behaving like men that God created us to. I'm talking about, amen, prayer that goes up before service. And we hear the voices of the men lifted up to God because we're behaving like men. Behavior matters. If we're preoccupied before church, men, if we're preoccupied during church, if we're preoccupied, amen, we're never, mark it down, never going to have revival. Tell me if I'm wrong, Bishop, but I'm telling you, if men don't behave like men, if men don't burn up the, the altars with prayer, if men don't lead their family in worship, we're not going to have it. 
There's nobody else created to lead the church but the men. Oh, hallelujah. This is revival. Whether you like it or not, this is a revival message. Hallelujah. Amen. Men, we've become complacent. Men, we've not, uh, not that we're backslidden, that we're lost. Amen. But I'm telling you, amen, we've got to understand where God wants us to be. When we realize where God's created us to be. Oh, hallelujah. Where we're leading in behavior. Amen. Where we're behaving like men. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. When times get tough, it's the daddy that says, hey, we haven't fasted about this. We need to turn uh, ourselves to prayer. Amen. It shouldn't be mama saying, well, well, maybe I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to fast and all oh, that's good. And that's great. Oh, hallelujah. No, no. When daddy says, hey, it's time to fast. We're fasting. I'm telling you, that's behaving like a man. That's behaving like a man. Not you're going to do what I say because I'm the boss. No, because there's a burden for revival. There's a burden for my coworker. There's a burden for a lost soul. And we're going to fast. And we're going to pray. And your family's leading or following your lead. Well... I hope there's contemplation going on here, not frustration. Hope us guys are being contemplated right now, not aggravated. If this aggravates you, there's something wrong. If this frustrates you as a man, there's something wrong. Oh, God, help us. Hmm. Paul said it. He addressed it. He said, behave like men. Be strong. Because there's an adversary. There's a government coming after you. There ought to be some men standing at the church and say, listen, my pastor ain't standing alone. I'm going to prison with them. I'll go to jail with them. Anybody think about that today? Oh, we'll cheer on Bishop Brigham. We'll cheer on Pastor. But are, is there any men that says, you know what? Uh, you may have to do without me for a few weeks. Uh, because you know what? Uh, if it comes down to it, I'm going to the church. Uh, amen. And I'm going to stand. And they're going to lock me up. And I'm going to sit right beside my pastor. That's behaving like a man. That's behaving, amen, like a man in the day and age we're living in. Oh, hallelujah. When the world says give up, uh, amen, the man says, no, we're not giving up. Uh, the husband, you say, no, no, we're not quitting. Amen. You're going to behave like a man. Oh, I'm telling you, come on, somebody. Amen. Men of God, where are we today? Hey, where are we this morning? Hallelujah. Men of God, are we relying on a wife or a young person to cheer on the preacher? I remember the days, amen, of men in an altar when a preacher's preaching. There's men. Amen. I should have to be backing men away from the pulpit because men behave like men. But I'm telling you, where are the days? Mm. Woo! Oh, come on. There's folks mad at me right now. I feel it. You don't like what I'm saying because you think I'm hard. You think I'm mean. No, I'm trying to bring revival. I'm trying to preach revival to a church that God has made a promise to. But our behavior's got to change if we expect revival to come. Oh, anytime you look in the Bible, God says, you're going to have a child. And so-and-so knew his wife. Or the Holy Ghost moved upon. Yeah, the behavior changed. Mm. I'm just saying, I, 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 can't expect, I can't expect a sinner to come to the altar if I'm not going to come to the altar. Can't, I, expect, I can't expect my child to learn how to pray if I don't know how to pray. I can't expect my child to be saved if I don't know how to stay saved. Oh, help us today.
Hallelujah. Amen. I told you, I, I was praying. I wish God would take this message away from me. And you wouldn't. Couldn't get it off of me. Hallelujah. Amen. If you find a wife, you found a good thing. Hallelujah. Amen, Brother Jared. Keep praying. <laughs> Praise God. Proverbs 18 and 22 says, Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and findeth and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Amen. Eve was created as a helpmeet. And many times we look at that and says, we, we look at that word and says she was a helpmeet. Amen. But we, 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 we don't give it to do, due diligence here. Amen. That, that isn't one word. He didn't give us a helpmeet. Amen. The Bible says that God gave man a help. That is meat for him. Amen. It makes a difference. It makes a big difference when you understand. Amen. As a wife, husband, God gave you a help. That is meat for you. And I'm not, it's M-E-E-T. Amen. That word meat means to be good, uh, to be a good fit for, or to be profitable, or to be very useful, or to be sufficient, to be beautiful or honest. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. God created Adam a help. Amen. That is good, a good fit for him. He created Eve. That is, she was profitable for him. She was very useful for him. She was sufficient. She was enough for him. She was beautiful and honest for him. Amen. I'm telling you that your wife is that part of you that God said she's there to help you. She's profitable for you. Amen. I'm telling you, in your walk with God. Amen. In your fervency of your ministry, if you're a preacher, if you're, if you're trying to do right, amen. God has given you, if you're married, a spouse that is profitable, a help that is fit for you, a help that is meat for you, a help, amen, that'll encourage you, a help, amen, that'll make you the man that God wants you to be. Us guys, especially if we're, married, if we're married, amen, us men, we're not complete without your wife. You believe that? Not just because your wife cleans your house. And she might. My wife cleans our house. She does a really good job. But you know what? You could vacuum, I could vacuum. I mean, it, it, we're talking here today about leading our families, our behaviors, amen, as men, amen, in leading on our families in the spirit. Hallelujah. You ever think about that, that we are complete in God? We can't, we can't really be what we need to be in God. God's given us a help meet. You think you're doing okay? You think your wife is a burden? You think your wife is keeping it? No, no. Amen. There's something you're missing. You need to behave like somewhere along the line. Amen. There's something within your spouse that's going to make you better than you ever thought you could be. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. They can see areas in your life. Amen. You got to be honest with them. You got to be trustworthy. Oh, you've got to be able to, to show them uh, that, that, that you're going to, uh, you're the one that's going to pray. You're the one that's going to lead them. Amen. But there's times whenever they can see into your life and they're going to help you. Praise God. They're going to help you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God today. Amen. She is, uh, your wife is not created like you. However, amen, she was made to be different. 
Amen. In 1 Peter 3 and 7. Amen. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, we've got to understand. Amen. We can pray. We can do all we want. Amen. But if we don't behave like the men that God created us to be. Oh, hallelujah. When we can accept an argument. Amen. When we'll pick a fight. Amen. With our spouse on the way to church. Amen. We know we're not going to be able to be effective. Amen. In our worship. And in our praise. And the power that God has given us. Amen. I'm telling you today that God created us to lead our families. Amen. To a greater place. Amen. God did not put upon, amen, a wife to, to, to lead a home spiritually. And that's what I'm talking about today. Amen. Amen. You look at Adam in the garden, uh, the original sin, uh, Eve taking of the fruit. Uh, really, the breakdown came when God said, hey, he created Adam and Eve. And he created the garden. And the Bible says that he placed them into the garden. Amen. And he gave Adam the responsibility to keep it, to, to hedge it about. Amen. And to take care of it. Oh, I'm telling you, the breakdown came, amen, when Adam failed to to lead and behave like the man that God created him to be. Amen. God said, why don't you, you need to hedge about this. I've given you a beautiful place. Amen. But how did the serpent get into the garden? Amen. Because the man, Adam, did not do his duty as a man. He did not hedge about the place that God had put them in. Amen. The hedge was his responsibility. His responsibility was to hedge about, amen, his home. His responsibility was to hedge and to build the hedge of safety, amen, so that the enemy, so that the serpent could not even enter in, amen, to beguile Eve. She was wrong. She entertained him. She talked to him, amen. But I'm telling you, if Adam would have behaved like a man, he would have hedged about the home. And as a man... It's our responsibility to hedge about our home, to behave. Listen, amen, how safe is your home? How safe is your family? How strong is the hedge that you have built? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. How hedged about, amen, of the spirit of rebellion is it? When you allow words to come out of your mouth, amen, against a men of God, amen, in your life, or any man of God, amen, in the ministry. Oh, hallelujah. You're not hedged about, and that spirit has access unto your home. That spirit has access into your life. Men, it's your responsibility to say, shut up. We're not going to talk this way about any man of God. I don't want that spirit in my home. Oh, hallelujah. Fear. How many of us said, no, 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 well, chill out. I've already talked to Brother Reagan. He's not worried about it. We're going to just calm down. How hedged about is our homes? Our behavior matters, church. Our behavior matters, not just in every aspect of our life. Hallelujah. Amen. Sunday morning, is it a question, are we going to church or not? Man, that's your decision. You better make the right one. You better behave like a man. Behave like a man. 
Amen. I'm telling you, behave like a man. Amen. When you wake up, uh, behave like a man when you get to church. Behave like a man on the job. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You don't talk the way that everyone else talks. Uh, amen. You, you don't talk the way that those on the, uh, on the job site talk. Uh, amen. Because you're behaving like a man. Uh, oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, the doors are open. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We're going to be in the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The wife is the weaker vessel. Oh, she's not less of a vessel. She's not a, a less uh, important vessel. Amen. But she was created. Amen. As a weaker vessel hallelujah amen she wasn't made to take the the hits from life that you were she wasn't made to take the blows of pain amen from uh, from life that you were weaker doesn't mean lesser weaker doesn't mean lesser than you amen amen whoever has a, a newer iphone what do you do when you get a new phone, typically? What's the first thing you do is you get a case for it, right? Why? Because you want to protect it. You want to keep it from cracking. You want to keep it from breaking. You want to keep it from being destroyed. Amen? So you get a clip. You get a case. You protect it. You keep it on your hip. I, I want to make sure that I know where it's at at all times. I want to make sure I know. I don't want to leave it in my pants because it might get washed in the sand. I want, I, want, I want to take care of that phone of mine. I want to take care of, of that because I don't want to break. I don't want the screen to crack because it's so, man, it's just, I hate, I hate having a, a, a cracked screen and, and, uh, and, and all of these things. And I, and, and, but I'm telling you, if we behaved, amen, towards our wife like we do our phones, if we behave towards our wife like we do our gadgets, oh, hallelujah, how much better off would we be? Amen. I want to make sure she's by my side. I want to make sure... Uh, that she doesn't is not getting crushed. I want to make sure that, that she's protected. I want to make sure and insulate her uh, from the elements of this world. I want to make sure I'm talking about behaving like men. You understand? I hope today, us men, you're catching the spirit of what I'm trying to say and what God has put upon my heart. Amen. If we'll behave, amen, that way towards our phone, how much better, amen, will our relationships be if we treated our wife with the same respect we give? Or gadgets. Paul said behave like men. I believe that's because we should behave differently than women. There's, a, there's an expectation there. There's an expectation that we should behave different than our wives. Paul wouldn't have had to say it if he didn't expect us to be different. He didn't expect us to have a different behavior, amen, than our wives, amen, because we have a different role that we fill in our home. We have a different role that we fill in our society. We have a different role that we fill in our church, amen. And he says, behave, amen, like men. Oh, hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 11, uh, verse 1 to 3 says, be ye, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I have delivered them to you. He says, but I would have you know that the head or the authority of every man is Christ and the head or the authority of the woman is the man and the head or the authority of Christ is God. Amen. I'm talking about uh, when we understand and we behave in that place uh, that God has created us. Uh, we recognize where we fit. Uh, amen. In our role uh, as a men. Uh, amen. We recognize the importance. Uh, amen. And we recognize the 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 the. Uh, 
the, the weight of our responsibility, amen, that is in the position. Oh, I'm telling you, you put somebody that really understands what it means to be in authority and it means to be in a position uh, of authority. Uh, the weight of that responsibility. Uh, it, one that doesn't understand it, they just see it as an opportunity to abuse power, to abuse their position. Amen. But a man that recognizes, amen, his responsibility. You take the President of the United States Amen. And the responsibility they have in the world that we live in. Every foreign country looks to the United States. And what are they going to do? And how are they going to respond? And what, 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 what are they going to, uh, how are they going to handle this? Or what are they going to do with that? Amen. Amen. There is a responsibility and a weight that is upon someone that is in authority. Amen. We must behave, amen, as one who understands, amen, the, war, the authority that God has placed us in. For the man, in verse 8, says, For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman was created for the man. Amen. And if this is bothering you today as a woman, you've got a worldly idea of what I'm trying to talk about. Paul was dealing with, hey, how are we going to get in the right, right alignment here? He was trying to teach and train up a church in the way they should go. Amen. He was trying to train those people in Corinth how to live their life, how to be right. And he was, trying, he was just making the statement, God created it this way. He was just simply stating, listen, the woman was created for the man. And when the man understands his position, amen, and he's leading and behaving himself well, amen, everything is just going to fall in line. Amen. And revival will come. And the church will be as it should be. And everything will take place just as it should. You don't have to force revival. You don't have to force this or force that. If we'll just behave the way God desires us to. If we'll just behave the way that God expects us to. Revival comes. Amen. We've got to behave as one that, are, that is in authority. In our home. But realize we are not the sole authority. Amen? The authority doesn't come from us. We're in a position of authority. We're in a place, amen, where we have authority. But we're not in a place where we create authority. Authority does not stem from us. Authority did not come from our being. It doesn't come from my will. It doesn't come from my, my, the way I see things. It doesn't come from the way that I, I expect uh, things to be. It doesn't come from how I have created it to be. No, no, no. We are in a position, uh, amen, where, the, where God is the ultimate authority. Amen. And He has set us in a place uh, upon the spectrum. Uh, amen. And if we are going to find our place, uh, we've got to figure out and we've got to be, amen, what we've got to be uh, to, to fulfill that role in our life in a role in our family. Amen. That place of authority means something to God. We've got to behave as men under authority if we desire to be in authority. Matthew chapter 5 verses, or chapter 8 verse 5 to 10, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion and was beseeching him. This man came to him and was begging Jesus uh, he was a centurion. He was a Roman soldier. He was a, he was a, he was over a hundred men, uh, and he was in a position of uh, of, of, of authority over these 
uh, these men, but he came begging the Lord and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He said then for... Uh, he wanted to qualify. He says, I just say the word. And the reason why I know, if you'll just speak the word, if you'll just speak the word of healing, I know that my servant will be healed. And here's how I know. Here's how I know. Here's how I understand why your word is so important. You don't have to come to my house. You don't have to make the journey. I know that your word is enough. Here's how I understand that concept. He says, for I am a man under authority having soldiers that are under me and I say to this man and he goes and he goeth and to another uh, come and he cometh and to my servant do this and he doeth it he said listen I, I'm un I understand that when my superiors speak to me that I go and I get it done whatever they've asked of me I go and do it because whenever I speak to my soldiers that are under me they know that I have others above me and they've seen me be obedient to my superiors they've seen me be obedient to those in authority to me so I know when I speak the word and I say hey I need you to go and do this and I need you to come here and do that they don't question me they don't question my authority they don't question my desire they don't question my purpose they don't question that what I'm doing because they know that whenever my authority has spoken they know that when my authority has asked me to come I come then my authority says to go I go so they know I'm not acting of my own accord they know I'm not doing this because it's all stemming from me they know that I am found in a position of authority and I am also under authority he is behaving like a man he is behaving like a man whenever you speak in your home and you speak in your life and there's a question, there's this or that. You know what? The best thing you can do to have authority, behave like a man, is when your authority says, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to come here. I need you to go there. And your family sees, why are you going up to the church? Well, Bishop asked me to come. He's, he's, wanting to, he's needing help with something. He's needing help with this or needing help with that or he really, he, you know, he wanted us to be here for prayer. He, he says prayer 30 minutes before. So I want to do what he's asking us to do because he's my authority. So I'm going to submit to my authority. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to behave like a man. Amen. When it was three days of fasting, he's asked us to fast. That's why we're fasting. I, I want to be obedient. I want to be submitted. Hallelujah. You want authority in your home? You want authority when you speak? This man says, listen, I know I have authority because whenever I have authority above me, I do, and I go, and I come. Hallelujah. Understanding my role 
in this whole deal. Amy, you understand how powerful this can be, men? You understand why the devil doesn't want you to behave like a man? You understand why the world wants you to become a weakling? You understand why the world wants you just to submit and just be, just, you know what, I don't have no authority. I have no, if he can get you to believe that you have no authority, then you'll never command prayer. You'll never demand prayer in the home. You'll never demand, listen, we're not, we're shutting off social media. We're hedging about this home. I don't care. It's what it's doing to our family. Amen. Well, Bishop didn't say, I don't care. It's destroying our home. I'm taking authority. We're going we're gonna to hedge about this. I don't like what it's doing to our children. I don't like what it's doing to our marriage. I don't like what it's doing to our home. If you could behave like a man, that's what it means. Amen. Because you know, and they say, you know what? I, I, I understand. Why? Why can they understand? Because I'm submitted to my authority. Oh, hallelujah. We've got to behave like men. Amen. If we want revival... We've got to behave like men. I was hoping for, I thought this place would break out this morning. Praise God. He said, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. But Jesus heard it. He marveled and said to them that follow, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And Jesus said to the centurion, verse 13, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Amen. He behaved like a man. You know what? He didn't send his wife. He'd go ask, why don't you go to church and get a prayer cloth? This, this centurion, over 100 soldiers, said, no, I'm going. I'm going to the feet of Jesus. I, I, don't, I, I could send a servant. I could send my wife. I could send somebody else. But no, no. This is important enough to me. I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm telling you, what do you think that servant, the next time he got sick? The next time the mom, the child got sick, you know what they did? They said, Dad, Dad, would you go to Jesus? Dad, would you go to Jesus? Yes, I will. Amen. Because they knew, they knew, amen, that Dad knows how to get a hold of God. They knew that Daddy knows how to get to pray and get an answer. They knew Dad knows where to go. Because why? Because he was, knows how to behave like a man. He knows how to pray his healing down. He knows how to pray, amen, and not fear. He knows how to seek the mind of God, amen, and the man of God. God. Amen. And get direction. Amen. We've got to take spiritual authority. I'm about through here today. It's getting close to noon. So it doesn't matter your secular career path. Or even the position that you hold in that career. It could be a position of great prestige in this world. Or you could have a job of, you could be a, of lowly service. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter any of those things in this world. It doesn't matter what position you hold. What matters is, in the kingdom of God, are you leading your family spiritually? You have a highest position. You have a high, high position. In the kingdom of God. I don't care if you clean toilets for a living. Or if you're CEO of a bank. It doesn't matter. If you're not leading your family. You're losing your family. If you're not behaving like a man. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you. 
If you're allowing and, and, and sin, if you feel comfortable, amen, sending, amen, your kids to church or your family to church, amen, without you, amen, there's an issue, amen, there's a problem there, amen, I'm telling you, there's got to, yeah, I understand if you're sick, you're staying at home, things of that nature, stuff comes up, amen, but I'm telling you, amen, that's not behaving like a man, that's behaving, amen, like I care about this world more than I care about the things of God. Our families matter more than any uh, position we could ever be in. Our families uh, are the most important thing that we've got to lead. Oh, I'm telling you, we've got to lead spiritually our families and men. I'm talking, I'm still talking about revival. Amen. And my heart is so just, I, I'm like just gut-wrenched this morning. Amen. And praying that we get a hold of this. Oh, that it doesn't just kind of roll off of our back. Amen. I'm talking, this is something God is wanting to totally change into the dynamic of the fabric of the church. Oh, hallelujah. To an extent amen where it comes time for prayer when it comes time amen for pre-service prayer oh that the altars amen not just tonight and that would be wonderful amen but on a consistent basis amen that the prayers uh, that the altars are full amen of the men amen walking the front of the church and I, I respect our prayers wherever they are amen but I believe amen out front is where the men ought to be out front of the church in the altar amen during worship service, leading and walking and praying and worshiping God. Amen. I'm talking, it's going to bring revival. Oh, we need to have revival, but it's going to come. Amen. When we find our role and behave like men. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I encourage us. Amen. I encourage us men to lead from the front. Is that too much to ask? Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm just telling you. Amen. Lead from the front. Amen. No good general leads from the back. David, he had problems whenever he stayed back in the back and said, well, I'm going to let everyone else go up and fight the fight. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that. I believe it, it, the church building is drywalled, studs, carpet, all that. But I'm telling you, I believe symbolically, amen, the altar is where we're trying. God's trying to bring people to I believe we ought to put up more of our focus. We ought to focus on, I want this fire upon this altar. Amen. I want a fire upon this altar. Amen. I believe us, the men of the church, amen, are the ones that are going to ignite the fire and keep the fire burning. Amen. Amen. And it's okay to come preach the preacher on. It's okay to stand up. Amen. And come. Amen. And stand. I'm with you, pastor. I'm with you, pastor. Oh, hallelujah. We need more of that. We need men to behave like men. Amen. I understand things can get out of hand. Amen. But the opposite is true. In a way to overcorrect. Amen. We can become so complacent. And so, so I don't want to be out of line. I don't want to be disrespectful. No, no. I'm telling you. Amen. There's nothing wrong. Amen. With mama. Amen. And your children seeing daddy up there preaching the preacher. Oh, hallelujah. I remember the days when most of the men sat on the first couple rows of the, of the, of the church. Amen. Why? Because when the preacher was preaching, most of the time they were standing. Most of the time they were back in, back in the preaching. Whether it was a visitor. Amen whether it was Bishop Brigham, it didn't matter. Men led from the front. Amen. Again, this isn't a correction. There is a spirit, amen, in this world, amen, that's trying to make a, a uh, take every business and every uh, every everything and, and put as many women as you can because women lead better than men. There's a spirit in the world, amen, that God's kingdom, men were created to lead spiritually. Men were created to lead the family. Men were created... I sure hope today 
there's some resolve that's growing within the hearts of the men of this church. Amen? That's what I pray. Nobody's mad at anybody. Brother Albritton, listen, it's about revival, man. I'm telling you, we don't want our families lost. You have a key. You have a key. Husbands, we have a key to our family leading by example. Hallelujah. Musicians, if you'd come. I know it's, it's noon. It's time to, time to shut her down. Now, I got, you, I got, I got one. Well, I got still quite a bit to go. This is Bishop Riggin coming out in me here. But, but we found the answer to that. It's in the scriptures. Amen. Brother Albritton got schooled on that one the other night. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll, 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 I'll let Bishop explain that one. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You know, as men, we've got to take the spiritual responsibility of our homes and our families. Our negligence. We're negligent in that responsibility if we let our, our wives fill that role. You know, God called Moses, God called Moses from the backside of the desert to lead the children of Israel into deliverance. So Moses takes his wife Zipporah and his children and his father-in-law. And he comes to fulfill the work of God, to do the work of God. And Man, what a great thing. What an awesome experience. God, I'm telling you, God gave great promise. I'm going to deliver my people. And Moses, you're the man that's going to do this. Moses, you're the one that I want. So along the way, God, out of nowhere, all the promise, all the great things that were, were given, said, listen, I, I've called my people. They have heard their cry. You're going to lead them out. I'm going to use you. You're going to be a mighty man for my name. You're going to be a vessel of honor. But along the way, from the backside of the desert to face Pharaoh, God has a change of heart in how he feels about Moses. Exodus tw uh, 4 and 24 it came to pass that by the way in the end that the Lord met him, Moses, and sought to kill him. But God, you just made promise. We've got great promise. But God, you've made promise unto to me. God, you were going to use me. God, you said that we were going to have revival. You said we were going to have deliverance from Egypt. You gave us, there was going to be a great deliverance and we're going to see great revival and, and power and, and all these things. But on the way... God found Moses and says, listen, I'm going to kill you. That's what God said. What happened? What changed? What, what made God say, you know what? Listen, okay, I'm done with you. I'll throw all the promises out the window. I'm going to kill you. And his wife understood. She knew exactly what the problem was. His wife, Zipporah, knew exactly the problem. She knew exactly what was wrong. Because God had made a covenant with Abraham. God had made a covenant with his children. And said, listen, I want this covenant. I make a covenant between you and me. He says, I want you to take and circumcise your children. I want all the men to be circumcised. And I want all those that bear that mark. That will be the mark of my covenant with them. 
That's, that is the covenant mark. That will, that will, that will be the, the mark in which identifies you as my children. Amen? So that was very important, amen, to have the mark, amen, upon these children and these, these men and the young men. But Zipporah knew the promise and knew the covenant God had made. And so when she heard God say, I'm going to kill you, she heard God speak to her husband, I'm going to kill you. And Zipporah, she recognized what was lacking. And the Bible says, then Zipporah, she took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, surely a bloody husband art thou to me. So what happened? She might have very well. She knew her son was not circumcised. She knew he was, he, he, that the mark was not there. But you understand, she also knew that was not her job. God didn't tell Abraham, tell your wives to circumcise their sons. No, no. God told Abraham, said, listen, you take the stone. You take the stone and you do the job. This is your responsibility. How many times did Zipporah wish and hope? Man, are you ever going to do this? Well, yeah, I will. I just don't have time. Moses, would you please? Or would you please? I, I, I know. I don't want our. I, I want. I want. I want our son to have a covenant with God. I, well, I'm busy. I've got stuff going on. I'm. I'm, I'm busy with life. I got job. I've got a job to do. I'm tending sheep. I'm taking. Yeah, but 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 he doesn't have the mark of God's promise. I, uh, would you please? Would you please do something about this? I I, I need. I, I just don't feel comfortable. I, it's it's you know. And so she never did. And she she allowed Moses that liberty. But Moses never ever took the responsibility. So he left the job undone. But when God came down to it, finally, God said, I'm going to kill you. She said, fine, I'll do it. If you won't, I'll do it. And she circumcised her son. And you know, many times I've heard this story preach where Zipporah rejected the covenant of God. She rejected the fact that I hate this covenant. No, she was rejecting the fact that why do I have to do what your responsibility is to do? You're a bloody husband to me. Why did you make me? Why do you make me lead to my family when you know this is your responsibility? In verse 26, so he, so God let him go. He was spared because she was willing to do his job. And lead spiritually. You understand what I'm trying to say today? It's not about being a boss. It's not about getting a demand. You make me a sandwich. No, I'm talking about behaving like a man and leading your family to the cross. Leading your family in the ways of righteousness. Leading your family as a man under authority. Leading your family as a man willing to submit yourself Amen. To a man of God and to the will of God in your life. Hallelujah. So that why? So that we could obtain favor with God. So that we can bear the mark of God's favor upon our life and upon our family. That's what I'm talking about, church. We could get all the promise we want in the world. 
Amen. But until we change our behavior, until we allow ourselves, amen, to do what we know we need to do. There's some things I'm telling you today, I feel in the spirit, you know, as men that you need to take care of. There are some things that you need to cut out of your life. There's some things that, you know, you just don't feel real comfortable with, but your life likes them and you just need to, I'm telling you, we will receive favor from God. Amen. When we behave, amen, like men and take authority and stand for righteousness and stand for holiness and stand for God's will and stand for God's purpose in our life. Amen. Why don't we stand here today? Joshua said to those children of Israel, he says, choose this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwelt. He says, but as for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, I don't care what anyone else does, but for me and for my house, we're going to serve Jehovah. We're going to serve the Lord. You know, one last, I'm not going to read it all, but David, you can read in 2 Samuel chapter 6, that David danced before the Lord as the, as the, as the glory of the Lord, as the Ark of the Covenant was returning to Jerusalem. He, he danced before the Lord with all of his might, and, and he was girded with the linen ephod, and, and everyone was there, everyone watched him, everyone was shouting, David, uh, man, as the Lord, Lord came into the city, Michael, which is, was his wife, which was Saul's daughter, was looking through a window, she saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she, the Bible says she despised him in her heart. And whenever he came back to the house, she said, how glorious. She was sarcastic. How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. What do you think you're doing out there worshiping? Who do you think you are? What do you think you're... This is his wife. And David said, listen, this was, before the Lord, this was before the Lord, which chose me before your father. He says, I will yet be more than vile than thus, more vile than thus, and I will base, be base in my own, eye, in own sight and the maidservants which thou hast spoken of. Of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children unto the day of her death. David said, I don't care what. I don't care if you don't like how I worship or not. I'm going to get out and I'm going to dance before the Lord and I'm going to worship God. I'm going to, I, I, you do what you want to do, but I'm going to worship God. I'm telling you, men, we ought to worship in fervency in leading the church to revival. There ought to be a, a desire, amen, to, to worship God. If nothing more, amen, then than to say, listen, I don't care what anyone else says, I'm going to worship my God. Amen. And lastly, Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said, though I would not, I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I'll say the truth, but now I forbear. Lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that were given to me. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, 
lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I've sought, besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. He says, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. God said, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul was trying to say, listen, guys, you lead in weakness. When your strength is gone, when you say, no, no, I'll pick up extra hours. I'll take care of this. I'll do this. And No, you don't lead that way. You lead when, God, I can't take care. I can't do this. God, I don't have the answers. God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. I'm, I'm weak. And you can become weak before your family and say, listen, I don't have the answer. I don't know, but I just got to trust in God. I got to trust in the word of God. We're going to go tonight. We're going to get a hear. We're going to hear a word from God tonight. When you're weak, that's when you're strong. That's when you truly lead. That's when you truly lead. Amen. Amen. And you behave like men. Hallelujah. And today, a little different. I understand. Nobody running the aisles, shouting me down. But I hope something getting a hold of the heart of this church. Can we have revival without the men leading? Can you fathom it? Think about it. Will souls be born in this altar under the current situation of the men of this church? I'm not being ugly. Understand, please, I'm not being ugly. I'm just trying to get us to think. Revival sounds wonderful. Moses, that boy's awesome. I'm going to come. I'm going to be in charge. I get to preach. Boy, it's my Sunday to preach. I get to preach. I get to lead. I'm going to kill you, God said. I'm not trying to be a downer here this morning by any means. Amen. But I want some men. There's, there should be conviction in the heart of us guys. God's, I, I'm not preaching anything God hasn't convicted me on. I haven't, I, I'm not preaching anything God hasn't dealt with me on. The same goes with, 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 brother, with Bishop Brigham and the men that preach. In the, I'm telling you, God many times deals with us about things. We get convicted and God deals with stuff in our hearts. And that's how I feel today. It sounds, uh, sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, God's dealt with me just as much, uh, amen, with the, what I'm feeling here today. This message was for me. This message was in my life, uh, amen. To be honest, just to be open, many times I would find myself, uh, uh, my wife saying, hey, are we going to fast this week? Oh, yeah, yeah, we probably should. And I realized that's not leading my family. Leading my family is, hey, on Monday and Tuesday, we're going to fast. I'm trying to change some of my ways, too. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because I want revival. I want to behave like a man. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm under conviction. I'm under conviction from God because I want to lead. I want God's glory to come. Amen. But I, I just pray, it's, it, what's the missing element? I believe this is key. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Can we have the revival God has promised? Can folks have the deliverance God has promised? Amen. I, I believe so. But I don't want Zipporah doing it. I don't want my wife putting that burden on her to come in and pray the revival down. I'm not putting my burden upon my children to come in and shout the glory down in the altars. I'm not putting that burden upon my wife. Amen. Upon the ladies of this church. Upon the ladies that might not have a spouse. I'm not going to put that burden upon them. I'm going to carry the burden for them. Amen. I'm going to worship in their place. Amen. So they have somebody to look to. Do you understand, men, how important you are to the, the spirit of revival in the church? Do you understand how important you are to the revival of this city by leading, by behaving like men? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I, I want to give us an opportunity to come today. And I pray that I am still your friend, that I, you still think I'm as awesome as you did before I start preaching today. Amen. But the altars are open. And remember, in everything we do, every aspect, every aspect of the church, men, we ought to lead and behave like men. Praise God. I know it's somber. I know it's, but I believe it's what's right for this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. I want, I, I want to give an opportunity first to the men of the church. Amen. To, to come find a place. I want you to lead us in this altar call tonight, this morning. I don't know what kind of excuses Moses had. I don't know. I don't understand. But surely he, had a re- he thought he had a justifiable reason. But man. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh God. Lord, let conviction, Lord, strengthen us. God, anoint the men right now. Hallelujah. Ladies, I want you to come. I want you to you, you come find a place to pray. Hallelujah. If you have a spouse, pray for your spouse. Amen. If you have a husband that is here, pray for him. Amen. Children, pray for your dad. Hallelujah. Amen. If you don't have a spouse or your children, I want you to pray for your pastor. Amen. I, I want you, I, I'm telling you, amen. I, I want us, I, I want things, I want revival. I want there to be a spirit of revival. Amen. Men, we got to behave like men. We've got to have a spirit within us to lead our families, to lead the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's seek after the Lord right now. Come on, we want His favor. We want His favor. We want the revival to come to pass. We want the anointing to come. We want the glory to come. We want the power to come. Oh, but God, we submit to Your will. We surrender unto You today. Hallelujah.